Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Second Amendment Foundation Studio, powered by Beretta, this is the American Gun Show, informing and educating the people of this great nation. Now for your host and defender of your rights, Jason Reeve. And welcome back to the Second Amendment Foundation Studios right here from North Jetson, Indiana on the Freedom 515 microphone. This is hour two of the American Gun Show, powered by Beretta. Folks, we spent all last hour talking about the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse case, uh, talked about what some of the things that were happening in the media and things like that. But there's also another case that is going on that I did want to touch a little bit on, and that was the case involving the shooting death of Ahmaud Aubrey, who was the African-American male who was running down the street and was shot by two white men while a third white man was driving in the truck behind them. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because one of the things that happened in this case that to me is, is kind of, it's kind of appalling to be uh, honest with you is Travis McMichael. Uh, the prosecution has rested their case in the in Brunswick, Georgia, and on Wednesday, the three men accused of murdering 25-year-old Ahmad Aubrey began their defense, arguing that Aubrey posed a threat to the life of Travis McMichael, who was the one who shot Ahmad Aubrey. Uh, Travis McMichael said he was in fear of his life, and Aubrey was a threat. Was a threat, and Aubrey grabbed for a shotgun that was in his hand. In fact, Travis McMichael himself was the first witness called by the defense. He, the 35-year-old, attempted to paint a portrait of a neighborhood that lived in fear of break-ins. He said people would talk about more things being broken into near their home and said his mother had pointed out things she saw going on in the neighborhood. 
it was concerning for him. When more patrol cars appeared in the community, he said his car was also broken into multiple times and that he had reported a stolen Smith & Wesson pistol from his truck. Now, Travis McMichael's lawyer, Jason Sheffield, st stipulated off the bat that his client had previously pulled a gun on two other people long before Aubrey. In one instance, the attorney said his client did so when he was approached by someone at the ATM who then ran off. The second time, the defendant was sitting in his truck and a person who allegedly attempted to carjack him. He pulled a gun, leading the person to run away, according to the lawyer. This has now informed him on how using his gun can de-escalate situations. That's what the attorney argued. Now, folks, I've talked about several citizen stories before and plenty of stories also where just the mere presence of a firearm can change the outcome and actually de-escalate a given situation. Uh, to be completely honest with you, in fact, research shows that the vast majority of defensive gun uses are resolved without a trigger even being pulled. But here's the big, the biggest difference between the two earlier incidents described by his attorney and then what happened on February 23rd of last year is that prosecutors are making the case that Michael, along with his father, Gregory, and neighbor, William Rody Bryant, were the aggressors. The three men were the ones chasing after Aubrey, allegedly to make the citizens arrest. Though the prosecution was able to show that none of the three mentioned anything about a citizen's arrest, but that's what they were arguing. And here's my big question. If Travis McMichael truly wanted to de-escalate the situation, why didn't he just stop chasing after Aubrey? You know, it, it's, it's one thing to point a gun at a guy trying to carjack you. It's another thing to jump out of your truck with a gun in your hand and attempt to stop them from running away from you. Travis McMichael said this in court, quote, I was thinking of my son. It sounds weird, but that's the first thing that hit me. He had my gun. He struck me. It was obvious that he was attacking me, that if he would have gotten the shotgun from me, then it was a life or death situation, and I'm going to stop him from doing that, so I shot. Look, folks, in this case here, the fact that Travis McMichael shot Ahmaud Aubrey isn't disputed here. Instead, just as in the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, the question is whether or not McMichael was the initial aggressor. McMichael might have been in fear of his life. By that description, could also very well apply that Aubrey was in fear of his life. Folks, this is my big problem with this case. This is this is my big problem with the Ahmad Aubrey case. And, I, and I'm being completely honest with you here. It is not your job and it is not your duty 
as a armed citizen to play police officer. It's not. If you thought that Ahmaud Aubrey was breaking into people's homes, cars, whatever, you know what you do? You call the police and say, hey, this guy right here is the guy we think's breaking into stuff. You might want to keep an eye on him. You don't attempt to detain somebody. Now, granted, there are citizens' arrest laws in several states. Georgia has one. We have one where I live here in Indiana. But here's the big difference. You can make a citizen's arrest if you are a witness to the commission of that act of crime. So in other words, if I see somebody stealing and I see him steal it, not just I thought he stole that I thought he stole it, that I seen him actually steal the item. I can make a citizen's arrest. I, I will tell you this right now. If I'm in a Walmart and I see somebody stealing something, even though I'm carrying a firearm, I'm not getting involved. And you want to know why? Because I'm not going to risk it escalating into a situation like what we saw here in the Ahmad Aubrey case. I'm not going to let it escalate into an incident where I might have to use my firearm. Because what's that going to look like to a jury? Everything here screams to me. Everything, again, I've talked about this before. I'm a firearms instructor. I'm a self-defense teacher. Everything in this instant with the Mod Aubrey case doesn't point to self-defense for me. What it points to is the fact that you guys were trying to illegally detain a human being that you had no right to detain. I don't give a crap whether you think this man was the one breaking into homes and cars in the neighborhood. I don't care. That does not give you the right nor the duty to block a person from running down the street and try to detain him. For all we know, Ahmaud Aubrey could have saw that gun and thought, this guy's going to shoot me, so I've got to fight for my life. Maybe that's the reason. We'll never know. We'll, we'll never know if that's the reasoning why Ahmaud Aubrey charged Travis McMichael. We'll, we'll never know that, but... I can tell you this right now. If I run around the side of a truck and there's somebody standing there with a gun telling me to, to stop, uh, no, that's not happening. We have to understand something here, folks. We And we have to be very, very serious about this. Just because you carry a firearm does not give you some superpower. It does not give you the authority. It does not give you the duty to play cop. It doesn't give you that. The whole reason that you should be carrying a firearm is for this self-preservation and protecting your family. I walk out of my house every day and I never leave my house without a firearm. There is always a gun on my hip. I do not go anywhere without a firearm. You know why? 
because I acknowledge that evil exists in this world. I've acknowledged that fact. There are evil people out there. And guess what? You don't get to decide when evil pays you a visit. You don't get, to, you don't get that choice. Whether you want to believe it or not, you don't get that choice. I have seen fights that have broken out in stores. I have seen, I seen two people last year fighting over toilet paper in a Walmart. I'm standing there with a Smith and Wesson M&P shield 45. You know what I did? I turned around and walked the other way. I'm not getting involved in that. And neither should you. These three men decided to involve themselves in a situation that they created. Everything that the media has been trying to tell you about Kyle Rittenhouse was actually what was happening in the Ahmaud Aubrey case. That's the real story. That's the truth behind it. But yet the media is not talking about that. They're not talking about that because you, do you want to know why? The media saw Rittenhouse with the AR-15 and Travis McMichael with a shotgun. And we know how much, oh, trust me, we know how much they hate the AR-15. Folks, the overall point that I'm trying to make is don't put yourself in situations like that. This case here, I don't see this as a self-defense incident. I, I, I don't see that. I don't see how in the world that Travis McMichael, his father Gregory, and uh, Rhodey is going to get off with it. I, I just don't. I just do not see that. And it's sad because this was a 25-year-old man. Had his whole life ahead of him. All because somebody decided they wanted to play cop. I have literally on this show for the last four years have analyzed and talked about different self-defense incidents and incidents where somebody claimed it was self-defense and it wasn't and say, nope, nope, that's not how we do things here. Remember, remember in Coldwater, Florida, when Michael Draca shot McLaughlin? I said when I saw the video, nope, that's not self-defense. He could have pulled the gun out because he did get shoved to the ground, fortunately. He could have pulled his gun out and stepped back. He never had to fire a shot because the reason he's in jail right now is because of one thing. McLaughlin started backing away when he pulled the trigger. Threat was over at that point. My prediction in this case, is that these guys are going to be found guilty. And I don't think the evidence is going to say that they were acting in self-defense. We'll be back after this. Human trafficking is modern-day slavery. An estimated 24.9 million victims all over the world and the U.S., including children, are trafficked each year for sex, manual labor, and more. 
Human trafficking earns profits of roughly $150 billion a year. Operation Underground Railroad is a nonprofit organization dedicated to putting an end to human trafficking. Visit www.ourrescue.org to find out more and select Join the Fight from the menu to see how you can help end human trafficking. Looking for a new firearm but don't know where to start? Well, look no further than Taurus. Taurus has a variety of firearms from revolvers to semi-automatics. These firearms include the Defender 856, the G2C, the all-new G3, and the TX-22 2019's Guns and Ammo Handgun of the Year. Taurus firearms are reliable and reasonably priced. Go to TaurusUSA.com to browse their selection of firearms. Taurus Firearms, designed to protect. The Second Amendment Foundation is one of the most important gun rights organizations, winning lawsuits at the state and local level. But we need your help. Join or donate at saf.org and help us win back your gun rights. The Freedom 515 movement is an opportunity for Americans to stand together for our constitutional rights, freedom, and civil liberties. We will no longer accept a government that does not work for the people, and we will not accept a media agenda aimed at dividing this country. The time to take a stand in solidarity with your fellow patriots is now. Join us. This peaceful movement is a transpartisan one. As long as you agree that we need and deserve better from our representatives and our government, you have a home here. Visit www.freedom515.com to sign up for email notifications or to join. That website is freedom515.com. This segment of the American Gun Show is brought to you by Freedom 515. Join or donate at freedom515.com. Welcome back to the show. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. And I got an article here by a good friend of mine, uh, Lee the Gunwriter Williams. Uh, He is over at Armed American News, and his article is titled, Florida Lawsuit could become a template for dismantling preemption laws in other states. Now, if the gun banners get their way, they'll be uh, exploring more than, or they will be uh, looking to, (laughs) man, I uh, talk of the first hour, can't talk of the second hour. A lawsuit that is now before the Florida Supreme Court seeks to dismantle the state's powerful preemption statute will safeguard all pro-gun laws in Florida, including the Castle Doctrine and the Standard Ground Statute and shall issue concealed carry. Florida's preemption statute prohibits anyone other than the state legislature from regulating firearms and ammunition. If a local government such as a city council, county commission, 
or school board ties, tries to create their own gun regulation, the preemption statute allows for their members to be removed from office and fined up to $5,000, which the state requires them pay personally rather than get it from taxpayers. That's actually, I, I like that. In addition, local governments can be liable for damages up to $100,000 plus attorney's fees. This law was passed in 1987, but it didn't get teeth legal penalties until 2011. Without the preemption statute, anti-gun cities and counties could prohibit concealed carry, which could turn the state into a complex patchwork of places where you can go and where you can't go. More than 40 states have preemption statutes prohibiting local governments from regulating. Federal Commissioner Nikki Fink, who is a Democrat. And by the way, she is the only Democrat that was elected to the uh, Florida legislature in the last cycle. Uh, Nikki Freed, yeah, Nikki Freed. And, and, and I think you guys are wondering, why in the world is Nikki Freed even, why is an agricultural commissioner coming up in this? Well, that's because the agriculture department in Florida is the department that handles their uh, their concealed carry permits. Now, the commissioner, Nikki Freed, and a coalition of liberal local governments petitioned the Florida Supreme Court to hear their lawsuit against the preemption statute. It was one of three lawsuits filed against the law after the or 2018 Parkland massacre. Freed's request came a month after the first District Court of Appeals denied to certify the group's question of great public importance, which could have created a path to the Florida Supreme Court. Now, Freed and her group are asking the Florida Supreme Court to grant them immunity from penalties they could face for violating the preemption statute. They do not contest the statute, just the penalties, which they claim are unconstitutional because local lawmakers don't want to be fined or fired for creating their own anti-gun or anti-gun regulations. Now, on Tuesday this week, Freed and her group filed a joint brief with the Florida Supreme Court and a subsequent press release. It said this, quote, Petitioners asked this court to recognize a fundamental principle of democratic governance. Local elected officials acting in their legislative capacities are entitled to the same immunities and protections historically afforded to all legislatures in this country. And the judicial powers of the state do not extend to impose financial liabilities on local governments for the performance or recreation government functions. Now, according to this uh, release, Freed's coalition consists of Florida Representative Dan Daly, a Democrat from Sunshine, two Democrat mayors, 30 cities, and three counties. Amicus briefs, is, it says, will be forthcoming from Giffords, Brady, and League of Women Voters of Florida, which has become an extreme anti-gun group. Now, why is Nikki Free doing all this? What? Why is she getting involved in this? Well, there's one real big reason for that. She may challenge, uh, next year, she may challenge Ron DeSantis for the governorship. In fact, the main reason that Freed is fighting the preemption statute is due to her candidacy for governor. Some public pundits believe her lawsuit is nothing more than a fundraiser 
and a publicity stunt in her race against Ron DeSantis. Now, Lee Williams did reach out to Nikki Freed, and Nikki Freed uh, did uh, declined to uh, request to an interview for this story. The thing is, her agriculture department, as, as I said, they oversee Florida's licensing division, which operates the state concealed carry weapons permit. And guys, were you aware of this? And, and I, I looked this up before this, this story broke. And one of the reasons I looked this up is, is because of this. Florida's concealed carry permit is one of the most sought-after permits by out-of-state residents. And the reasoning for that is because Florida has reciprocity with several states. Several states. Some states that maybe your concealed carry permit doesn't. Let me put it this way for you, okay? And, and this is what, or let me just put it to you this way. My concealed carry permit of Indiana is not valid in the state of Nebraska. Don't know why. I mean, I don't know why. Nebraska's a pretty friendly gun state, but I, I don't know why. But it is what it is. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna argue the law for some reason. They don't wanna they don't wanna have reciprocity with Indiana. That's fine. Florida does have reciprocity with Nebraska. So I could apply for a out of residence license in Florida, and now I can legally carry a firearm in uh in uh Nebraska. A lot of people it, it's Utah and Florida are some of the most sought-after out-of-state concealed carry permits out there for that reason alone. Reality is, excuse me, I'm going to take a sip here. My throat getting a little dry. <laughs> Carrie, if you're listening, no food or drink in the studio, right? <coughs> excuse me. This is the, the this is the commissioner that oversees that program. Her biggest thing is the reason that she hasn't now there, there was an argument uh, during COVID when the height of the pandemic was going on in Florida and Nikki Fried was holding back on concealed carry permits, which would be in violation of the law. And in reality, Nobody really, nobody really said anything, and Nikki Freed kind of really backed off of it because she was like, eh, you know what? I'm not, nope, I'm not going to get in trouble for this. Smart move, to be honest with you. Very smart move. So, in all reality, this is something that, uh, that you folks should, uh, be paying attention to if you're in Florida. Nikki Freed has announced her candidacy for governor, so I'd be paying attention to that. 
All right, folks, we're going to step away for a timeout. We will be right back after this. 